O come, O come, Emmanuel, break our hearts, that you might find room therein to dwell. Amen. What keeps the wild hope of Christmas alive year after year, Frederick Beekner muses. Hmm. Year after year, many of us here, beloved in Christ in this Christmastide, let it be our care and delight to hear again the message of the angels and in heart and mind to go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. And so begins the annual St. Andrew's Lower School Lessons and Carols. Rather predictably, the children come with their teachers one day and rehearse, and the next day they come back and with their parents sitting in the pews, do it all over again. And they set out to do it just like they did it the year before and the year before that. The goal is predictable perfection. Now, anyone with a lower school child knows that that is not an attainable goal, but that's the goal. Because that's what we do with Christmas. We try to contain it and control it and decorate it just so. We spend hours preparing our homes, our offices, our churches to look glorious. And it does. And we use words like, that which is to come to pass. We create memories. We seek the perfect picture. I love the story Katie told last Sunday of her friend's Christmas card. The two-year-old refused to be in the picture with the five-year-old, so they took the pictures separately and then photoshopped them into the same card. It's not real, the mother confessed, but it is real. It is so real we laughed at it because we know that story and it is very familiar. Real life happens despite planning for something closer to perfection. And bless our hearts, we keep trying to get control of it and make it more predictable. Now, About halfway through the lower school lessons and carols, well maybe less than halfway because I'd only checked my watch once, we got to the second verse of angels we have heard on high. Now you just sang it. And it goes, shepherds, why this jubilee? Because they don't know what's coming. I still have nightmares of my fourth grade choir director yelling at us to enunciate the consonants. Because the next phrase, of course, is what great brightness did you see? What glad tidings did you hear? It is brutal to sing with 50 squirming bodies on one set of risers, especially when everybody's spitting in everybody's Christmas bows and trying to catch every T and D in tune. I was so lost in that memory that I almost missed the fact that in this particular Lessons and Carols, they had changed the words. St. Andrew's lower school sang, what gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song. I didn't know you could change the words to one of the hymns. But then again, maybe you can because St. Andrew's did. And now the shepherds, released from the verbal gymnastics, were able to focus on their heavenly song. Turned out it wasn't so predictable. I really started to pay more attention. I mean, what else could be different? What other subtleties might I have missed, assuming that I already knew the story? Maybe I should have paid more attention when John the Baptist told us to wake up something new was coming. 
Yes, the acolyte was too small to see the candle wicks on the wreath as I had predicted, but he held his torch with such dignity and earnestness, and he did get them all lit. The readers were a little nervous and they spoke too quickly, but the story was beautifully told. And Joseph yawned through most of it, but then again, he only had to walk Mary and the rolled up towel to the steps of the chancel, and then he just had to sit there through the whole rest of the story. Besides, yawning did not stop his mother from beaming with pride. He was, after all, her child, and that's the heart of the story, because it's about the child and whose child it is. What child is this? He is his father's child. He is Mary's child. And it's not some thing that has come to pass. It's a child, a baby. In swaddling clothes or a rolled up towel, it is a real baby, tiny and vulnerable and needy. Imagine God choosing to come into the world that way. Vulnerable and needy is not what we would choose. But maybe God decided that kings and prophets had not turned out as hoped for. Even great might was not enough to save us from ourselves. So something new, something completely unpredictable was needed. Rather than fight powerful rulers with powerful kings, rather than have prophets match wits with other gods' prophets, why not go to the very heart of things and come from the heart? from a place of vulnerability. I mean, babies exist in pure need and pure present moment, as if God is born to show us what giving a life to another could look like. God comes in a way that giving himself to earthly parents to protect, to nurture, to sustain life. Surely, Almighty God does not need us. But that's the way the story plays out. The real story comes with utter dependence. What child is this? No wonder we want the photoshopped version of the story. I mean, give me the glossy print with the flaming angel and the white shepherd and the sheep that have never seen a dirty patch of grass. Because in this world, Mary and Joseph seem sweet and restful and peaceful and mostly in control of the situation with a sleeping Jesus. In this version, it is predictable, and there is little to no heartache. But that's not real life. And that's why we can never get our Christmas to really look like that. See, instead, there is a young, travel-weary couple who hardly knows what's happening to them, Surrounded by pungent smells of animals and wet hay and men who haven't seen a shower in weeks. They can't pull together a presentation. They can only hold on to this child and pray to God that they are doing the right thing. But I think that's what God had in mind. What child is this? God's child each and every one of us, and God doesn't want the made-up version. God didn't come for a photo op. God wants the real version, 
the confused, messy, vulnerable version of us. For the baby in the manger is that fleshy, visible sign of the inward and spiritual grace of a God who became flesh to show us how to be a sacrament in this world, how to be grace in this world, however smudged. What keeps the wild hope of Christmas alive year after year in a world notorious for dashing hopes is the haunting dream that the child who was born that day might be reborn in us.